Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. I'm your host, Greg Goins. I'm very excited to welcome in my special guest today, Rich Chiz. Rich is an elementary principal in New Jersey. He's also the author of a wonderful book on professional development. The name of the book is The Four O'Clock Faculty, A Rogue Guide to Revolutionary PD. Rich also has a very popular blog on professional development. You can find the blog at fourclockfaculty.com. So if you're ready to take your school PD to the next level, then this episode is for you. It's time to reimagine PD with Rich Chiz. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. My guest today, coming all the way from southern New Jersey, is Rich Chiz. Hey, Rich, how we doing? Pretty good. Glad to be here. All right. I know you've got uh, a lot going on this summer, uh, a lot of excitement. You're out speaking and doing various things. Uh, did you ever dream that you would become kind of the guru for professional development when you wrote your book? No. And uh, to be honest, it was it was something where, you know, I wasn't quite sure where it would end up going. And uh, it's been amazing that people have responded to the book and, and uh, it's really taken off. So, uh, you know, I'm proud that that message is getting out there and that we're starting to uh, turn professional development around in a, in a lot of areas. Well, you're really doing some cool things. I know you're kind of going through the uh, – you just had a summer camp for 4 o'clock faculty. It might still be going on. Uh, we're recording this podcast uh, in mid-July. Uh, I'm actually one of, I think, 150 participants in your book study on Voxer, and uh, I've been in some various Voxer groups but this has been really cool. So many people engaged talking about the book. You kind of want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so we're doing both of those things right now. Uh, Four o'clock faculty summer camp uh, has been going on um, the second week of July into the third week of July. And we, we've just had a lot of uh, educators sharing out the different things that they're doing in their own districts to revolutionize professional development. So, you know, for uh, Brian Kulak, who is also – in South Jersey, um, he noticed that his PD wasn't going well, and uh, he took the time to do a wellness uh, opportunity for staff members. Uh, but a lot of different ideas were sharing there on the website on 4oClockFaculty.com. And then the Voxer group has taken off to a level that I didn't expect. Uh, I was going to cap it at 50 people. Uh, people kept asking. I was going to cap it at 100. Uh, we're now at 150 and I think beyond 150. Uh, and it's a lot of people in there sharing good ideas about how uh, the book is impacting their professional development and their professional learning. So it's been awesome to connect with all those people. You know, it, it's really been kind of cool to watch on social media the last year or so. And I, I'm amazed. You know, first of all, there are so many great books uh, related to educational content, uh, pedagogy, teaching in K-12 education. Uh, you know, Dave Burgess uh, has the book publishing group. And it seems like everything they put out just turns to gold instantly. But it's a lot of fun to see how this is kind of – this book study movement has just kind of exploded with so many good books. And uh, people are doing book snaps with, uh, uh, with Snapchat. And I, I saw on your blog the other day where someone was having a staff book tasting. So they were just bringing books out and letting people kind of engage. I mean, what are your thoughts on this whole, whole book study thing and how, it, how it's kind of exploded? 
I think it's awesome because I think uh, it's it's getting a lot of new ideas into a lot of different educational realms uh, where they weren't before. Uh, so I know, you know, I've I've been doing a book study with my staff members, you know, dating back to the previous two districts that uh, I was in. And we've been doing that for, you know, five, six years now. And it's one of those things where it's it's very informal. So I think it gives everybody a chance to participate um, especially now with the connections that we're able to make through Twitter or Boxer, or, you know, whatever social media we're using, people can jump in when they want to. Um, it doesn't seem like an extra added burden over the summer, um, you know, so it's something that people can easily participate in and really get a lot out of. So I think it's great. I think it's a great thing. Well, I, I love I love the book, and uh, I was able to download the book on iBook, so I have it on my iPad, so wherever I go. It's right there. And of course, we want people to run out and buy the book and check out the blog because there's so much great content there and practical things that you can put in play. So, but I guess before we get into some of the new and innovative things, um, you know, we have to talk about how we got here. And we all know, as a former superintendent principal myself, that just saying the, those two words, professional development, I mean, if you want to uh, kill the mood in the room, that's all you have to do because we know about the sit and get, we know about herded all the cattle into the cafeteria, forcing them to sit and hear a speaker. We know about death by PowerPoint, but by golly, Rich, there's got to be a better way, and you're kind of showing us the way there. Yeah, and, and that's, that's absolutely it. That's what the book is all about, is that idea of uh, taking charge of your own professional learning when you're not getting what it is you need to get, if that's the way your district is going. Um, you know, fortunately, we do have a lot of districts who are jumping on board and, and moving forward with different ways to do professional development. And, um, you know, they're giving teachers voice and choice and uh, educators um, all across the country are, you know, jumping into ed camps and coffee EDUs and all these wonderful things. Um, you know, unfortunately, there are still some areas where um, it is sit and get and, and teachers are kind of forced into that professional development that we all know um, is not meaningful. And uh, it's a matter of trying to change that and, and getting people to take charge of their own professional learning. You know, and I think you'll agree with me on this. Probably the biggest game changer for me the last several years has been the EdCamp movement. And, and that is, you know, obviously that gives people choice and, and people can engage in things that they want to learn about and get better at. And then uh, the other thing are all the Twitter chats. And Twitter chats have continued to pick up steam. At one time, I was kind of worried that maybe they would flame out a little bit. But there are new ones that seem to be added, uh, you know, each month. So, um, you know, those two things ha have certainly kind of stoked the fire for uh, rethinking, if you will, uh, this reimagined PD we're talking about. Yeah, and, and those are the two things that completely changed, uh, changed the game for me. Um, I, I hit my first ed camp uh, in around 2013, and that's when I was trying to figure out exactly what to do in my own district. And that was it. That was it for me. Like, it was exactly what I needed at the time. Um, and I saw that it gave all educators exactly what they needed. So you could go there, you could have a conversation uh, exactly about what you wanted to talk about, uh, about what was relevant and meaningful for you in your classroom. And, uh, and that changed it for me. And from there is when we had the opportunity to bring it back to my district um, around the same time as when I got onto Twitter. And again, it was, it was going from that silo of, you know, here's the way we've always done it here in this district, here in this school, um, here me as an individual educator. This is the way I've always taken part in professional development. Um, but now there are all these opportunities out there. So if you're if you're the lone second grade teacher in your building, 
you know, you can connect with, you know, a hundred, hundred other amazing second grade teachers via Twitter, via Voxer, all these different social media apps. Um, you don't have to be alone anymore. And I think um, that's the amazing piece is educators now through EdCamp, through Twitter are sharing what's working for them, what's not working. They're asking questions and uh, that collaboration is really pushing us forward. Yeah, and you know, I, I had a lot of a lot of my friends and colleagues just returned from the ISTE conference in Chicago, and I've I've been to several over the years. I didn't have a chance to go this year, but when I talk with them about what really got them fired up, they weren't talking about the keynotes, they weren't talking about the regular sessions, but what they keep talking with me about are the ignite sessions and the poster sessions. And for those of you unfamiliar with the ignite session, it's basically a, a forum in which you have. A multitude of speakers. They have five minutes to kind of share a great idea. And uh, I think, uh, you know, you get 15 or 20 slides if you need that many. And they, and they, uh, they kind of go every, every uh, so many seconds, they slide across. So it's real quick, fast paced. Um, what are your thoughts about things like Ignite sessions and poster sessions? Do you see them making that transformation into local school districts, that concept? Yeah, I think it's about those uh, being able to have those quick uh, conversations. And I know something we did when we brought the EdCamp model into our district. Um, the first year we did it, we had, uh, I believe there were 50-minute uh, sessions, and then we had five minutes to travel in between. Um, and, and what we found in, in talking to teachers was they wanted the chance to have more of those conversations. So what we did the following year was we made them 40-minute sessions, and we did uh, 15 minutes in between so that teachers had the opportunity to kind of talk to each other, um, share those conversations, you know, and I think even in terms of bringing some of those smaller, shorter segments in, um, it's more about that discussion piece. So here's a quick strategy. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out how it's going to help us move forward. And, you know, I think those Ignite sessions, because they're, they're short in time and they're, um, you know, you're going to engage people during that period of time. I think about some things that have been kind of hot the last few years that have kind of fallen off the radar a little bit, and I kind of want to get your take on it. But it wasn't too long ago we were talking about things like, um, you know, digital badges, and we were talking about Flip PD. Remember when Flip PD was all the craze? I don't know if it's too complicated for people to figure out what to do and how to do it, but I really thought the Flip PD and the digital badges would both be at a much different level today than they are. Maybe I'm missing something. No, I think uh, in, in terms of there's, there's even a piece in the book about, um, about the badges and, and going that route. And I think there are some districts who are doing it well. Um, it does kind of become difficult to get buy-in in a lot of cases uh, with the digital badges and, and flip PD. But again, I think it's, it's going to be something that's going to evolve, right? Um, so it may work for a little while, and then we may need to find something else that's going to work better. So I think it does give us an opportunity to continue to kind of push the boundaries, um, to figure out exactly what works in your setting. You know, that may still work in some schools or districts uh, who are doing it well and, uh, you know, continue to, to push the boundaries. And, you know, I'm also seeing people try to replicate that TED Talk model a little bit. And there are TEDx events that are popping up that are regional, regional events that people are trying to organize. And, and the beautiful thing about the TED the TEDx uh, concept is, again, that's a short period of time, you know, 12 to 15 minutes of time, and the presenters aren't using 50 PowerPoint slides. They're using more images than they are text, and 
if nothing else, we, you know, we talk about the, uh, um, we probably don't talk as much about the role of the presenter as we do as the recipient. But if you think about how to be a better presenter, you know, that TEDx model is certainly something that you can look at. Yeah. And I think what all of these different types of uh, professional development opportunities are doing uh, is giving educators a voice. Um, So even going back to, you know, you kind of talked about the explosion of books. Um, It's educators who never had a voice um, all of a sudden do. So whether that is through Twitter, whether that's getting up in front uh, of a group and doing a TED talk or, you know, putting together a book and getting it out there, you know, there, there was a time, you know, 10 years ago where there was a limited number of voices that we were hearing in education. And I think that has been the most powerful piece is now we can hear a lot of voices. We can hear dissenting voices. Um, we can hear people who are sharing uh, their experiences and it's, and it's making all of us better uh, for having listened. And, you know, I, I probably don't talk about it enough, but podcasting is another thing that's really caught fire. And when I first started podcasting three or four years ago, there really weren't that many out there. And now it seems like everybody has a podcast, which I think is a good thing because that's one more way you can amplify, amplify your voice and even student voice. Yeah, um, I, have, I have a little over an hour in the car uh, each way, uh, my current position. And uh, so it's something where I love listening to a good podcast uh, just because it passes the time while I'm in the car, but also I can learn something. Uh, we started in uh, my school this year doing a student-led uh, podcast. Um, so it was just students talking about what they had learned about. It was great to kind of give them that voice as well. Um, and it's something that's easy, right? So. Um, anybody can put on a podcast. Anybody can sit down and listen and learn something from it. And uh, I think that's also a powerful tool uh, that we need to take advantage of. And, and being a, a Jersey guy out on the East Coast, you probably know Jeff Bradbury like I do. And Absolutely. Jeff, uh, I always call Jeff one of the pioneers in educational podcasting. He, if you're unfamiliar with Jeff, he has a, a network, a website called TeacherCast, and they do a series of podcasts. And it really initiated with uh, he had people in his building coming to him wanting to learn how to do things. So he started making these short videos that evolved into podcasting. But that's another model. I mean, that's something that you could – I'm not going to say that you could easily do, but if you wanted to put something together in your school district, there's no reason you can't make some short videos or, or put some content out there to help people. Yeah, we used to do something um, in my old district called 5-Minute PD. And uh, the whole idea kind of stemmed from we were making uh, the switch over to Google – and uh, the Google suite of apps. And there were a lot of things that people were unfamiliar with. So I would go onto YouTube. I would find a, you know, three, four, maybe five minute um, video that was quality, right? High quality is kind of the key and share it out. So it might show you how to transfer files within Google drive or, you know, how to locate something within Google drive. And I would just share those videos out. And the great thing about that is it's recorded. So if somebody doesn't understand it the first time, they can go back and watch it again. Um, If they forget a week later, they can go back and watch it again. Um, So sharing those videos is an awesome tool uh, for professional learning, you know, and uh, a lot of times it can, it can help with kind of the technical side of things where, you know, it's kind of the logistics that you're dealing with and helping people get through some of those logistics. Yeah. So we kind of talked uh, off air before you came on. I've got a, few things I want to run by you just to kind of get your thoughts since you are the guru of PD. So maybe I should copyright that if you're going to put it on a t-shirt or something. Okay. <laughs> but I, I was actually in the car with my, with my wife and we had uh, our little nephew with us who's six years old. And 
And like a lot of the, the digital natives, he always wants to be on the device. So the first thing he asked my wife is, can I get on your phone? She has an iPhone. All right. And then the second question is, well, can I buy, buy a new game? So of course, you know, we have an hour drive. We let him buy the game. And so throughout the course of the trip, uh, you know, you hear all the, the annoying noises and the sounds, but he's engaged and he's having a ball. And so we finally get to our destination and I ask him, I said, well, what game did you buy? And he tells me, and I said, well, what's it about? And he tried to explain it to me. And I said, well, were you able to play it? You just bought it. He said, yeah. He said, I've been playing it the whole time. And I said, well, you just bought the game. How did you know how to play? And he looked at me like I was crazy. And he said, you know what? I just started playing it. And it always amazed me as a school leader when I was a superintendent and principal. Anytime we wanted to roll something new out, we had to have a PD day. I remember actually spending a full day doing Twitter in service. And we, we both know you can jump on Twitter and figure it out in 10 minutes. But we, you know, and this is nothing against teachers because I was that way myself as a teacher and I understand the thought process. But wouldn't it be great if we all thought like a six-year-old and just turned it on and started playing and tried to figure it out ourselves? Yeah, it, it's, you know, my, my son is six um, as well. And it's one of those things where no one has ever taught him to use any of the devices. I never sat him down. I never gave him lessons. Um, and, and the biggest piece is that fear. Um, you know, children have no fear of messing things up. They'll get on, they'll hold a button. Um, if it doesn't work, they'll hit another button and, uh, and move forward and learn it until, um, you know, they're able to do what they need to do. And I think it would be great if we can get all educators to do that. It's, it's getting over that fear and letting people know that it is okay to kind of make those mistakes and take those risks and, you know, move forward at your own pace. I think that's the other piece that is key is a lot of times, you know, even if you're introducing a new technology piece, you're going to have a, a variety of learners in that room. So you might have somebody who's never picked up the device. You might have somebody who's an expert. Um, it's really trying to differentiate for that group of people, just like we do students. You know, you have to meet everybody where they are, um, understand what level they're coming from, and try to work with them toward that. Yeah, so, so here's kind of my idea. And, and if this is a good idea, then I take full credit. If it's horrible, I'm going to blame four o'clock faculty. So. <laughs> but, you know, what if you had a room full of teachers, you know, after school or whenever you're going to meet, and you just, you put, uh, you write down names of, say, 25 different digital tools or apps or whatever you want to do. Put them in a hat, pass them around the room. Everyone draws something. I probably need a better name for this, but right now I'll call it a sink or swim type of PD. All right. And whatever you draw, you have to kind of, you know, download it on your phone or device and try to figure it out. And if nothing else, you're going to be exposed to all these 20 or 25 different new tools. And if even one of them catches fire, it's probably worth your time. I absolutely love that idea. Um, you know, there's, there's another uh, version out there called Playdate where people kind of get together and, and sit down, um, but they may only play with one or two apps during that time. I love the idea of having a list where people are, you know, even if you want to give them a choice, if you're not making it random. Uh, but then what's great about that is if I learn one app and you learn one app, you know, now we share that with each other and now we both have those two apps. So, um, that's an amazing idea. I love it. Well, good. Two thumbs up from the guru of PD. I like it. You got it. All right. So now here's, here's my second thought, and this may not be as good. I always wanted to do this as a superintendent, but to be honest with you, Rich, I never had the courage to do so. Okay. One, one of my favorite TV shows is Shark Tank. All right. And as you know, as a principal or a superintendent, everyone has a great idea, but a lot of times they're afraid to come to you for fear of being shot down or they just don't want to take the time. 
All right. So I, I always thought as a superintendent, what if I got, um, you know, a committee together, a shark tank committee together, including myself and a few key decision makers, probably principals, maybe even a board member and let people come and, you know, give their 10 or 15 minute shark tank proposal. And if it's a great idea, maybe we would adopt it. So I know there's probably some pros and cons to doing something like that, but what do you think about Shark Tank PD? That's awesome too. Um, you know, getting people to take that risk and jump out there and share is important. Um, I know as an administrator, you know, I, I learned from uh, my colleague Trevor with four o'clock faculty, his dad was an assistant superintendent. And he used to always say, if, if a teacher comes to you with an idea, you support it no matter what, because it's something that they're engaged in, something that they're passionate about. And if they're willing to bring that to you, um, you know, that's going to allow them to kind of move forward uh, passionately and engage in something. So, you know, by telling somebody no, uh, you're really going to lose them moving forward. So I think it's an awesome idea. We did something uh, similar at one of our staff meetings uh, based on the television show Chopped uh, on the Food Network. And same idea. We had... Um, we had different ingredients uh, involved in a lesson and teachers had to prepare a lesson based on the ingredients that we gave them. And then we voted, uh, we, we voted until we had one lesson that kind of stood out from the rest. And it was awesome. People had fun with it and uh, it was a great opportunity uh, for teachers to kind of learn something new, but also uh, kind of collaborate and share as well. And, you know, you said the key word, Rich, fun. Why not make this fun? We want to spend time engage with each other and learn how to become better at our craft, which is teaching or being a school leader. There's no reason we can't laugh and have a good time and change the rules. And you know what, if it doesn't work, then fix it and try something different the next time. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the one piece we're missing. And I know, um, you know, in my building, we're, we're doing our staff meetings uh, in the afternoon and uh, teachers have been teaching for six and a half hours. The last thing they want to do is sit there and listen to somebody kind of drone on. So um, exactly that. You do have to make it fun. Um, you know, one of the one of the best pieces of PD that I've participated in, in the last year have been coffee EDUs, and it's all these educators getting together, having a cup of coffee, and just talking. And the the things that come out of those conversations are huge. And I think that's the piece that we miss. Um, a lot of times we don't kind of share in those fun moments and and make it uh, something enjoyable for everyone. So I think that that's a powerful piece. What are some of the tech tools that you see that are becoming more and more prevalent as people think about doing PD in different ways? I mean, do you see people using Edmodo or different apps or different groups or Google Classroom? Or what are some of the things people are coming to you and talking with you about? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things that I see is Google Classroom. Um, a lot of educators are using Google Classroom to kind of share out their PD materials uh, have teachers read different uh, blog posts or articles, um, giving them, you know, questions to kind of share and collaborate on. Uh, I've seen people using Flipgrid, uh, which has been an awesome tool, uh, you know, in the past year to just get educators connected. Um, some people are kind of shy about getting on uh, camera and, <laughs> and hearing their own voice, but, um, you know, that can be a powerful tool as well. And then even something as simple, um, you know, one of my uh, – Principal buddies here from New Jersey, Jay Billy, um, he he sends out he reads a book on his own, and then he sends out an email with you know two sentences from the book, and he basically summarizes the book for his teachers um, so that they don't have to you know read the book themselves. And I think it's just a simple, awesome way to do it. And he's using email to do that. So 
Um, you know, it can be any tech tool that's out there, um, whether it's Voxer for book studies or, you know, even to connect. If you have a large district and you've got multiple schools all over the, all over the place, getting them to connect through Voxer can be an awesome tool. Uh, but there's, there's a ton of stuff that's out there, and, and uh, you can use it in different ways. Well, Rich, again, you're doing great things and keep leading the charge as we, uh, I talk a lot on this podcast about how to reimagine schools and certainly professional learning is, is a huge piece of that. So I'll kind of give you the last word here as we wrap up and tell us how we can find the book and the blog and what else do you have that you want to share with our listeners? Sure. Um, so the website is four o'clock faculty.com. Uh, that's F O U R o'clock faculty.com. Um, the book is a road guide to revolutionizing professional development. Um, you can find that on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. You can also get a link from our uh, website as well. You can find me on Twitter at R A Chiz C Z Y Z. Um, you know, reach out to me. I'm glad to help anybody. I'm glad to spread the four o'clock faculty word. I'm getting that idea about there of everyone taking charge of their own professional learning. Um, revolutionizing PD and, and changing it as we know it. Well, again, Rich, you're doing great things and follow this guy, folks, all of our listeners, you need to follow Rich. He's the real deal. I mean, he's, he's one of those digital leaders that not only talks about it, but he goes out and gets it done. So, so Rich, thanks for being here. And as always to our loyal listeners out there, thanks for your time. And remember, do what you can in your school and community to create better schools for kids.